0: Welcome to Sports and Jesus, episode 11, summer edition. Like that, that change up of uh, intro music there. Um, that was produced by Earl. Ha, ha 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 ha
1: I honestly thought about that nickname all week long after y'all start calling me Earl.
0: Earl. Hey Earl, you might want to speak up a little louder into the mic.
1: I'm trying to speak up. I don't think it's loud enough, but I will fix that.
0: Yeah, you just moved your guard thing further away from the mic.
1: How's that? That's
0: a little yeah, bit better. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Much better. Still
0: might want to get a little closer. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that was my chair that squeaked. So, hey, Garrett, you good? I'm good. Hey, hey Joy, you good? I'm good, good sir. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. Oh, joy, you're speaking with a British accent. Yes, I am. Why Why is that? It's in honor of the World Cup and England, Governor. Oh, that's interesting. We'll talk some about the World Cup, but before, before we get to that subject, I'd like to mention our... Uh, our our partners our sponsors which is audible slash sports and jesus use that link it'll be in the show notes and uh, you can get a 30 day free trial it's awesome get download a free book slash sports and jesus our other partner is red letter clothing it's this a new new ministry centered gospel centered Clothing company. You can go to Red Letter Clo C L O. That's R E D L E T T E R C L O dot com. Go order you one of their awesome worthy shirts. Um, we know the the owner of that company. Great guy. Very ministry minded. Wanted to wants to serve servants heart. Great guy. We'll hopefully be getting you more information on them in the future. Um, but Great company, worth your support. Go order your t-shirt. They're awesome t-shirts. Yeah, redletterclo.com. Go check that out. That link will also be in the show notes. Also, you can really help us out by, if you're listening to this on iTunes, give us a five-star review. Leave a review. Talk about how awesome we are. If you don't like this podcast, please don't leave a review. That would not be helpful. Please. Garrett shaking his head into the microphone. That's really funny, Garrett, governor. <laughs> okay, so you know what time of four years it is, Earl?
1: The Olympics. No, Dang.
0: swing and a miss. I thought I was so close. <laughs> so close. Close, close.
1: Just like um, two years off. I
0: yeah, think. Huh, I don't know, <laughs> but it's a World Cup. It's World Cup time. We usually don't talk a lot about soccer, but Joy has talked us into it. Yes, I did, Governor. Yeah. So,
1: where? Why is your name Governor? Why are you Governor?
0: I, I don't know, Joy. Why do you say that every time? Because that's what you do when you speak British, Governor. Cheerio tea and crumpets <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great joy i think you're on a, a really good start to this episode thanks it, yeah uh so world cup like i said i'm not a big soccer fan really the world cup is about the only time i pay attention to soccer Every time the World Cup comes around, I'm like, oh, soccer's really cool. I'm going to start paying attention more, and then I don't. But I'm paying attention somewhat right now. So if you're not paying any attention to the World Cup, America is not in it this year. So us as Americans, I know this doesn't apply to Joy since he's British and England is in it. That's right, Governor. Who do we pull for? Garrett, who who are you pulling for?
1: Either Mexico or Brazil, simply based off the uniforms.
0: All right, that's weird. Um, I think I've caught myself pulling for Mexico also. Definitely against Germany, I was pulling for Mexico because the whole Hitler thing, you know. But, um... <laughs> no, that was a joke. Joke. World War II joke. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. But really it's because I like, if if my team's not in it, I catch myself usually pulling for the underdog, especially if the underdog's doing well. And since Germany won the last World Cup, that was definitely Mexico. So Mexico had a big upset the other day over Germany. Um, I think Mexico grabbed, turned a lot of heads in that, grabbed a lot of attention. There, um, but if you're like me, if you're interested in pulling for who's gonna win, like Earl pointed out, that is with the best odds is Brazil. Brazil has four to one odds. Spain has five to one odds, and then you got Germany and France with seven to one odds. Argentina eleven to one. Um, England, who Joy's pulling for, Joy, what are their odds? I think their odds are fifteen to one. Yep. Yep, that's right. Fifteen to one odds. Some other notable Portugal, which um, is Portugal. Is that who Ronaldo plays for? Yes. Yeah. Yep. They're twenty to one. Mexico that we're pulling for is fifty to one, and um, you kind of catch yourself pulling for Iceland also there, and they're two hundred to one. And that's because this is their their first World Cup, but um, it's really it's just a reminder that maybe America isn't the best at everything, but. Okay, theory on this. Tell me what you think about this. I feel like America is not as good at soccer because our best athletes typically play other sports. Like, can you imagine how good we would be if our best athletes played soccer all the way growing up? Like, if we had on the if we had a LeBron James and, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and like those guys had played soccer as a child instead of their respective sports. Do you think we would we would dominate in that like we do in say basketball or?
1: I think um, if we had our greatest athletes and they played soccer, yeah, I think it would be a lot more competitive for sure. Here's the thing: yeah, I might even pose another question to you is. In this country, the demand is for basketball and football. That's the two. Soccer is not necessarily in demand here, like in Spain. Yeah, it's like, growing like there's, It's growing. There are countries. I, I can't remember if it's Spain or, or Portugal. I think it's Spain that they have like professional athletes there. Twelve and they play soccer yeah. and they professionals and like yeah. but that's in demand most, that's most all, European that's countries that's all are like they them. do like yeah. they and so the thing is if soccer was more in demand here like i don't know i guess you would which i
0: think i think it's growing like honestly i said this the other day my wife thought i was crazy i could see In the next 20 years, soccer replacing baseball as the number three sport in America.
1: Baseball is simply Americana, but I could definitely see where that could... Baseball is a... I mean, I hate to say it, but it's dying.
0: It is. Quick.
1: I mean, people don't care anymore. And you compare...
0: Baseball to soccer. Like, soccer is just a lot more exciting to watch well, than baseball. And that's coming from somebody who's watched every game of the College World Series so far. When
1: baseball was in its heyday, one, football was not, football was way before basketball and football was not very big. Yeah. Basketball wasn't even around at the time when baseball was in its heyday. And then yeah. you see in like the 90s, when baseball is again in a heyday, it's because everybody's on steroids, jacking home runs yes. everywhere, and that's S- not legal anymore. So steroids hurt. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I think soccer continues to grow. I think soccer's becoming. Um, I don't think the numbers are close to baseball, but I, th- I think attendance is even surpassing baseball in the MLS.
1: I I lived in Memphis, um, which is ah, here we go fairly. All right. <laughs> I'm actually from Hashtag Grind City, thank yeah. you. I was anyway, born in Hashtag Grind anyway, City. What? So here, <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, You're not from
0: there just because you lived there a few years.
1: So here we go. You're from there if here you were we born go. there. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. I was, no, way.
0: you did not grow up in Memphis, Tennessee. You grew up in where?
1: I grew up in Memphis. Where? From time I was six and a half till I was 16, I was in Memphis, Tennessee.
0: You were in the state of Tennessee.
1: mm. Two miles, two miles uh, from Memphis. All right, that's not Memphis. It's the same geographical location. Nope. Anyway, so... You could be two miles into Mexico saying I'm from America. In the city area, that Memphis area, soccer is a lot more prevalent there. Uh, When I grew up, I had a lot of friends. I would say half my friends probably played soccer. Um, and they have, I mean, they have indoor facilities all over the place. Uh, they have leagues over there and everything. So it's a, in bigger cities, it's a much bigger deal than it is in smaller towns.
0: Who do you think would be athlete that plays another sport? Who do you think would be really good at soccer?
1: Easy. Steve Nash. When he, Steve Nash. Oh, well, yeah. Okay.
0: American. If we're trying to make Americans good at soccer, what, do you think would be a great athlete that would have been good at soccer had they played it their whole life? Not who's good at soccer now. And they
1: have to strictly be American?
0: Yes. That would help mm-hmm. us win a World Cup.
1: Like the little Patriots, the little white Patriots wide <laughs> okay. receivers. Like Wes Welker. I've got one
0: for you. I've got one for you. I've got one for Just think about this. Just think about this on the soccer field. Russell Westbrook.
1: If he could dribble a soccer ball as well as he could a basketball, he'd be legit.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing.
1: He'd be legit. And like, like Allen Iverson. What if Allen Iverson yeah, played Yeah, like what if we had our soccer? best athletes They, they say he could soccer. dribble a football, so I figure he could do whatever he wanted to well, if he put his mind to it. Terrell Owens. Oh, by the way, Terrell Owens, it just got posted today by Julio Jones. Terrell Owens today at like – He's in his mid forties, we're in a four four three
0: forty. Okay. What if you had LeBron James as your goalie?
1: Son, I'd probably go with Anthony Davis. Oh. You ain't
0: getting Ooh, by that. Oh that's a good that's a <laughs> you good ain't getting one. By that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Can you imagine somebody <laughs> trying to head a ball against LeBron James though?
1: It wouldn't work. They wouldn't ever get there.
0: Okay. That's enough soccer talk. Is that okay, Joy? Is that good enough? Okay, so I think we could talk about it all day, Governor. I love soccer. My name's Joy. T. and crumpets. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, your take there, Joy. Good job. <laughs> so, um, some other interesting news in the, the sports realm that happened this past week. So, we live in the South. College football is king. Something major happened in college football this week. The NCAA came up with two new rules. The first rule is that a team, if you're wanting to transfer, the team that you're transferring from can no longer block who you transfer to. So
1: so no restrictions. Correct. Okay.
0: Okay. I think as long as you get, I, I'm trying to remember. I think as long as, you, as the conference allows it. Like for example, like the biggest, the biggest example. There's an offensive lineman from Alabama mm-hmm. that wanted to transfer to Tennessee or Auburn. Nick Saban said no. You cannot transfer. This rule was passed. Now this lineman is at Tennessee. Yeah, but
1: and Saban in an interview and. He took a lot of heat for it. He said that the reason that he basically said this is the rule that's in place by the conference. Therefore, you're not able to do this. Rather than him saying he personally didn't want him to go to the rule in the
0: conference. Well, it's kind of like a known rule with some of the schools. They just say you can't. Don't we don't want you transferring in conference. And the problem with that and I think the NCAA fixed this problem with this new rule, is that how can you, Mr. Saban, who you're sitting there making millions Mm -hmm. of dollars, right, and you can tomorrow decide that you want to leave and go be Tennessee or Auburn's head coach and make more money doing so, but you're telling kid, A, who is making nothing, you're saying you cannot go to one of those places that you have a relationship with the coaching staff and you know you'll get a chance to play yeah. and you know you'll get a chance to make the team and possibly be seen by NFL scouts. So I'm deciding I'm not allowing you to do what I can do and make million dollars at it.
1: Did we listen to the same podcast about this issue where it got brought I don't up?
0: know. I mean, I think that's what everybody's saying. I think well, everybody that's not an Alabama fan is kind of like, I would this say is kind of crazy. Uh, Saban. If,
1: if the rule is in place by the SEC itself, then Saban has his hands tied behind his back and he can't do anything about it. But if the rule is out of conference, then I completely, like if the conference says, hey, we'll allow, I mean, I can put, look, this is a four or five-star recruit that, you know, Sorry, but at Alabama, there's a bunch of them, and you sometimes get lost in the yeah. shuffle. You have a chance to go play. And the other thing is, if I'm him, I want to stay close to home where my family can come see me play yeah. too. I don't want exactly. to have to go to Oregon where they yeah. never get to come see me. If they do, it puts a financial bind on my family, you know,
0: or, or have to go somewhere like Arkansas State or somewhere that's a mid, mid-level. And it's kind of like if
1: you're not going to play me, if you're not going to give me opportunity to play, if you're saying I'm not good enough to play for you and start and be able to have an opportunity to make it to the NFL, I might go somewhere else that allows me to have that opportunity to showcase what I can do on the field.
0: Yeah, and if I'm not good enough to play for you, then what are you worried yeah.
1: about? And I think this all started with the cornerback that wanted to transfer to Georgia two years ago, mm-hmm. that Saban, yeah. there was a lot of fuss. And I'm not blaming Saban. I'm just saying in general... That was a conference rule. If that rule is I'm now, li- if it's that all rule his is fault. now lifted,
0: I'm blaming Sabin too, Governor.
1: If that rule is now lifted, then the ball's in Saban's court. If he handles it that way again, then all the blame absolutely goes towards Saban.
0: It already goes to Saban. He's a jerk, trying to keep people down.
1: Yeah, like Tennessee.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, another rule, the red shirt rule is, and I think this is interesting too, is I think you can play up to four games now and not lose your red shirt, which I think is, because it used to be, if you play one play, your red shirt's gone. Yeah. You lost eight. Yeah.
1: Like Shea Patterson, for example.
0: Yes. So... Now you can say, like, say you're you play for Auburn, or say Auburn has a freshman, say they've got a freshman running back, and he hasn't played all year. They get to the bowl game, they want to see what this guy has going into spring practice. Let's give him 16 carries in this bowl game, give him a chance. He's a five star recruit. Everybody's excited. the bowl game wins. the team wins, the fans win, and he doesn't lose a year and he gets real meaningful playing time i mean i I think it's it's good I think it's good for everybody
1: yeah i- i mean I do too i like i like it I like the rule for sure yeah yep, so don't have much analysis uh, on that <laughs> no <laughs> i mean
0: yeah, we don't really disagree 'cause i think I think that works out for everybody I think that. I think that, that would have helped Tennessee at points. I know Tennessee had the quarterback last year that had to come in for two games when Guarantano was hurt, and he would still have his red shirt if this rule was in place. Last year, he'd still have four years left. Um, so that could have helped us last year. And you have times like that. Like, say guy gets hurt for, you know, just messes up his ankle, and he's just out for a game. Or two, and your third place guy is a freshman, and he you might need him to play you know six or seven plays in a couple of games just to give somebody a break. You can still do that, he gets experience, you still have depth, and he doesn't lose a red shirt, so he's still he doesn't lose a whole year. Of playing and of eligibility, yeah. And I mean, I, I think it's kind of unfair 13 or 14 it, players, it unfair to yeah. a player to,
1: yeah. you know, lose all that, yeah. So
0: that covers up, uh, that covers our college football talk. So this is kind of a, a dead season when it comes to sports, as you can see. That we're talking about rules in college football and the and world, we're, Cup. And we're talking about, about soccer. Um, so, one, one thing we do as a show that we've done before, I think, was it our, our first episode that went on iTunes? I think so. We did a Auburn Mount yeah, Rushmore. That was the very first one. Yeah. And I think we, tell me if I'm wrong, I think we decided on Auburn that it was Charles Barkley, Bo, Bo Jackson, Cam, Frank Thomas, and Cam, and Cam. Newton yep. was our Auburn sports Yep. Mount Rushmore. So, if you did listen to the first episode and you're an Auburn fan, go check that out. We have a little bit of a debate with guys like Tim Hudson and Cadillac Cadillac
1: and, and Tim Brown. Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown, Tim Brown, I'm sorry.
0: Tim Brown, wide receiver for Notre Dame and yeah, the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. So, what we want to do today and the rules are to this is no coaches and we're looking at the three major sports, baseball, football, basketball. So what we wanted today in honor of it's the College World Series, a team that's kind of surprised some people this year and has made it to the College World Series and has at this point won their opening game in the College World Series is Mississippi State. Um, none of us are Mississippi State fan except Stats. Stats isn't available today. But um, – We wanted, in honor of that, we wanted to do a Mississippi State sports athletic Mount Rushmore. So, um, first, first athlete from Starkville, Mississippi, playing for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Man, we should have brought some cowbells in for this one. Ding, 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 ding. That's my cowbell impersonation. Um. so Garrett who you got number one number one athlete
1: Raphael Palmero.
0: are we saying that steroids it's okay
1: all I'm saying is he had 67 <laughs> home runs in three years at Mississippi
0: yep. State led him to didn't they win a championship when he was there I think they won I think they won a championship when he was there okay I, I agree with that Joy you agree with that I'll agree with that as well governor what are you gonna say, Garrett?
1: Who was the pitcher that got Mississippi State in trouble over Cam Newton? I have no idea. Who I can't remember who it was that was the it got leaked out that he had talked to Cam or whatever, and I, I believe he played baseball at Mississippi State too. I'm not saying he's right. on the Rushmore; it just came <laughs> into my head. So yeah.
0: Um, Joy, who you got number two? I think I'm going with Dak Prescott, Governor. I think we can all agree on that. Um, I know he's got a lot of career left. Um, he's had a good he had a good rookie season, not as well as his um, second season, but he led Mississippi State to probably their two best seasons in football. And um, so, yeah, I agree with that. Dak Prescott, number three. I've got also on that same team with Rafael Palmero and Mississippi, Mississippi State's probably. The sport that they've been consistently best at out of the three has been baseball. And um I think Will Clark also deserves to go up there. That's amazing, man. Two of the two of the best hitters on the same college baseball team.
1: Let's look at uh let's look at that real quick. Rafael Palmeiro, like I said, 67 home runs. Will Clark, 61 home runs. That's wow. in a three-year span. So that's 128 <laughs> home runs over a three-year span. And college baseball, not Major League. Major League's 162 yeah. games, and college is, what, 30, 40?
0: Clark had a 420 average, 25 homers, and 77 RBIs as a junior.
1: I'm just kind of amazed at Palmeiro's slug percentage in 84, where it's like 886. <laughs> it's like
0: that's wow. just ridiculous wow yep so do you know Paul actually playing minor league baseball now trying to make a comeback still swinging at bat
1: mm. He may need some help
0: I'll tell you what I bet Palmero until he's 70 years old I bet he can hit 250 in the major leagues
1: I'd like to see it
0: <laughs> so here's the big debate because Mississippi State has only really had three good athletes. No, that's a joke. Sorry, 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 stats. He's gonna get mad when he hears oh, that. Man. Yeah, and they've got the worst jerseys ever <laughs> in the SEC. But uh, <laughs> who's number four? What you got, Garrett? Who you got, number four,
1: Earl? One player I loved watching play, um, I didn't like. Watching him play against Alabama because he ran all over us and he would make Saban mad was Anthony Dixon. 6'1", 230 pounds, ran for 4,000 yards, 42 touchdowns. Um, I mean, dude was just a hoss. And I remember one specific play where a linebacker tried to hit him or something, and they just bounced off his legs, and Saban lost it. <laughs> and that was, like, the first time I ever saw Saban lose his mind.
0: All right, so just that should get you all mad. Yeah, right like, small. if you can if make you're Saban State. that mad and you're <laughs> Mississippi
1: State, like, hey, you did something special.
0: Tennessee's never had a player like that.
1: <laughs>
0: um, So, I've got, I think, possible number fives. I think you've got... Um, Dante Jones, I think that's the name that led Mississippi State to the Final Four back in the 90s. Didn't really do much in the NBA. But I think number five, and until I started doing research on this, I didn't know who this guy was. But Bailey Howell. Okay, okay. He averaged, he played basketball player. Forward, averaged 27 points and 17 rebounds per game in his career in Starkville.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say that again. 27 points and what? 17 rebounds
0: per game during an era without a three-point arc or a shot shot clock. Okay? He played from 56 to 59 for Mississippi State. Um, Second overall pick in the 59 NBA draft by the Pistons. Played 12 seasons in the league. Named to six All-Star teams and won titles with the Celtics in '69 and '70. In the NBA, he averaged 18.7 points and 9.9 rebounds. He was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in '97, and his number 52 is the was the first jersey to be retired at Mississippi State.
1: I think that definitely trumps my pick. Yeah. I'll go ahead and secede defeat <laughs> on that. Like. Nate Smith, Basketball Hall of Fame, made Saban mad. Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, want to do a shout out to uh, Dr. James Ashmore, local doctor here. Was my doctor growing up? Good friends with his grandson. Also played basketball um, and was really, really good at Mississippi State back in the day. Played in the NBA. Also holds some scoring records at Mississippi State. That's, so that's what I my- say. My, In the NBA? I was like, what? No. <laughs> that's, that's my honorable mention. So, um, All right, so that's all we got for Sports Talk. Like I said, this is kind of off-season between basketball and football, which your our two favorite sports. NBA Draft is Thursday. Watch that. See Marvin Bagley. Hopefully go to the Grizzlies. Hashtag Grind City. So um, let's talk about some original sin.
1: Everything about God to me is mind-blowing. I'm on that theology to keep my mind going. Shade Tree, theologian, I ain't wearing suits. sporting tattoos while I'm cruising through the institutes. John Calvin, that's moving. You might even catch me reading Wayne Gruden. Sound doctrine, that's what it's got to be. Like that White Clefs dictionary of theology. But nothing trumps the word. Call it the Holy Bible. It is central and necessary for our survival. Does not have a rival. Moving is the... Not idle if you preach it then you liable to have revival And that's what we need in our local churches it's either dry as a bone or something like a circus but it has been purchased so we can commandeer it Lord Jesus revive us with your Holy Spirit Who I who are
0: yeah, I hear that too, Joy. I know I hear it every time. Who wa, Who wa, E governor, <laughs>
1: governor. <laughs> T <Tee> and crumpets. <laughs> I can't deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> Quit saying crumpets.
0: Um, oh. yeah, Joy, that's a good one. Um, so got some kind of exciting news. I don't guess it's official news yet, but in the works, we're working with um. And might, we haven't said something to them about it, but would love to partner with Sound Speech Podcast. Go check them out, too. But I uh, might do like a Q&A night sometime this summer. Um, Going to be here locally in North Alabama, but we will open it up to our different social media outlets. So go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and um, go like our Facebook page. And we'll do some some Q&A and some hanging out with people and just a night of theology and theology talking and um, just some fun, fun stuff going to be. So if that's the kind of stuff you're into, um, we're going to go ahead and start taking some questions for the Q&A. We'll have some opportunities to give live questions as well. But if you have any questions, you can send us some messages on any of the social media or send us an email at sports and d sports and jesus at gmail.com. You can send us some theological questions or topics that you would like to be covered that night. So that's exciting. We don't have a date yet, but we'll be getting that info to you soon. So the topic for the day is sin. Um, more specifically original sin or total depravity or um, how does, what is R.C. Sproul likes to call it? Um, humanity's radical corruption. I like that. I like that. So, what we want to do today is talk about kind of the original sin and how the original sin affects us now. Um, and so, when we say the original sin, Garrett, specifically... What, what are we talking about? What was the original sin?
1: Adam and Eve, eating of the fruit of the tree, not trusting God, sums it up. Yes, yeah,
0: all that. Yeah, so Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. Um, they were given the commands and jobs to do to name the animals, um, and then God had one One command that he gave, he told him not to eat of this tree and Satan in the form of a serpent tempted Eve and then tempted Adam to eat of that fruit, being disobedient to God, going against what God had told them not to do. And that mistake, that sin had the effects of it rippled throughout eternity. To the point that every human being that has been born of man and woman has felt those effects. Else, I said man and woman that Jesus was born of a virgin. So because of that, that's why he had to be born of a virgin. Because he didn't, wasn't affected in the same way that the rest of us are. So. That's what we want to talk about, is how those effects. Um, also, I think it's funny. Um, see, we work on. I work on an, an iPad here. We have a document that has all of our notes that we kind of work through as a team. And um, when you type in RC Sproul, it is auto-corrected as Rec Sprout. It's
1: pretty close.
0: Yeah, Rec Sprout. Um yep. I really need to stop turning that chair. That's that squeaking. We really need some WD forty. Put that on our document there, Garrett. <laughs> I- so um what we kind of want what we want to work through today, um, talking about the effects, the results of that first sin. Um, we're, we're looking here. We we use a lot of in our study. I use a lot of in our study a lot of different systematic theologies. Obviously, just like we talked about last week, the most important thing is Scripture, but a good systematic theology is a tool that can help you understand Scripture, that can help you see how theology um, is laid out in all of Scripture, and um, so on. This topic we're looking at Burkhoff's systematic theology. And he has here, I think, five results from the original sin, from the sin of Adam and Eve. We just kind of want to walk through those, walk through those biblically and um, lay them out for you, our listeners. So the first effect we have here, the first effect, the first result of the first transgression is our total depravity. Um... So immediately, because of Adam's sin, we are totally depraved. Um, Sin at once spread through the entire man, leaving no part of his nature untouched. Um, So what we mean by that is basically that because of that, we are born... Totally depraved. Um, Again, as as R.C. Sproul points out in his book, um, What is Reformed Theology, when he's talking about this topic, we are not utterly depraved. We can be worse than we are now, but we are corrupt. We are corrupted. We are radically corrupted. Um, That means that the problem isn't just that we... Sin isn't that we make It's mistakes. I think. Let okay. Let me read this. This is gonna be a little lengthy. This this is R. C. Sproul right here. This is good. I I fa- this is on his um. Is it is it Ligonier or legionier? Ligonier, legionier. I, I don't know. Yeah. So know. whatever his ministry was called, and um. Rest in peace, R. C. Sproul. That was a a big. A big loss. It was and a, a big, big brother. Yeah. yeah. I miss I mean, him. Had a big influence, I know, on me and my theology over the years and understanding the Bible better. Just a great Bible teacher. Who
1: absolutely loved the people he was teaching and it yes. showed even in the like even in the 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 attitude he had towards teaching, you could tell mm-hmm. he just cared for the people that he was teaching. Yeah. There wasn't arrogance or harshness to it.
0: Yeah. If you don't know who R.C. Sproul is, um, who he was, look him up, Google it. It's good stuff. So he wrote, uh, some people assume, and we're talking about total depravity and original sin here. Some people assume that the, that the term original sin must refer to the first sin, the original transgression. We've all copied a many different way in our lives. That is the first sin of Adam and Eve. But that's not what original sin is referred to historically in the church. Rather, the doctrine of original sin defines the consequences to the human race because of that first sin, which is what we're trying to do today. We're trying. This is David talking here. We're trying to talk about the consequences of that first sin and how we are affected by original sin. Virtually every church historically that has a creed or confession has agreed that something very serious happened to the human race as a result of the first sin. That first sin resulted in original sin. That is, as a result of the sin of Adam and Eve, the entire human race fell. In our nature as human beings since the fall has been influenced by the power of evil. As David declared in the Old Testament, this is in Psalm 51 verse 5. O God, I was born in sin and in sin did my mother conceive me. He was not saying that it was sinful for his mother to have borne children. Neither was he saying that he had done something evil by being born. Rather, he was acknowledging the human condition of fallenness—that condition that was part of the experience of his parents, a condition that he himself brought into this world. Therefore, original sin has to do with the fallen nature of mankind. And and listen to this. This is this is my favorite, one of my favorite R.C. Sproul. Quotes of all time. The idea is that we are not sinners because we sin, but that we sin because we are sinners. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's 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 good. I mean that we. Let me let me say that again. We are not sinners because we sin, but we sin because. We are sinners. Sin, outward sin, and the manifestation of sin and disobedience is just, like I said, an outward manifestation of what is already in our heart. Mm -hmm. We need the gospel. We need a Savior because we are naturally sinners and sinful. Because our... Our heart is drawn towards ourselves, is drawn towards what we want, is drawn towards wanting our own glory and not God's. And our decisions, even before salvation, and before God's Holy Spirit is in us, before conversion, even our our. Decisions that seem good on the outside are still ultimately for our own good. Therefore, it's not, we're not just sinners. We're not just, we don't just make mistakes, but everything we do is sin apart from the Holy Spirit and apart from conversion and the Holy Spirit working in us. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um just some some verses to go with that. I have dropped my Bible somewhere. There it is. Yep. Okay. Um Psalm fourteen three Romans seven eight and Genesis Is
1: it seven eight or seven eighteen?
0: Seven eighteen. Thank you. Thank you. Um Yeah. And Genesis. 6, 5. So I'm, I'm going to read that verse in Genesis real quick. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's Genesis 6, 5. And then Psalm 14, 3 says, They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none Who does good, not even one? Um, So you hear that, like none are good. We are all born corrupt. Sorry, I had something in my throat there. That sounded really bad. Corrupt is the word I meant to say there. And then Romans 7, 18 says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. I mean, I don't. That's God's word right there. That <laughs> that explains it all. So the first effect of the sin of Adam and Eve is that we are now born corrupt. We're born totally depraved. We're born with a bent towards corruption and towards ourselves and towards our own glory. Man is not born good. If I have a two-year-old at home, um, if you have trouble believing that humans are born sinful and are born out for themselves, next Sunday, volunteer in the nursery. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're naturally selfish. We naturally lie to get ourselves out of trouble. We don't tell the truth. Uh,
0: yeah. So, for example, my daughter, it's been a while since she's done this, but she went through a phase of about two or three weeks where she would sit in her high chair, eat her food, and then she would get really messy eating it, and so we'd have to clean her hands off. We still have to do this clean her hands and her face off. And when you would try to do this, when you would try to clean her face off as she is mad and doesn't want this to happen, she started biting us. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, she did not learn that from <laughs> me or my wife. We did not. That's not something that we. <laughs> We that's do not, regular that's behavior.
1: Not normal adult behavior.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like we didn't teach her, <laughs> hey, when something's happened that you don't like, bite. Cause pain on the person that's doing it, and you'll get what you want. That is that came naturally to her. Yeah. And it, I, I love my daughter. She's really sweet at times, but just like all of us, I mean, we were born morally corrupt. Just naturally we are out. For ourselves. So the second result is because of Adam's sin, Adam and Eve instantly lost communion with God in the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we are born without that communion. Now, through conversion, through Putting your faith in the gospel, that communion is then, um, then happens. But we're born with, without that. And that is an effect of, of the fall. God, Adam and Eve were created instantly with that direct, with that communion with God in the Holy Spirit. And, and sin has severed that. The third effect, and I, I'm going to have to read Birkhoff explains this better than I can, but, but the third effect is this change in the actual condition of man also reflected itself in his consciousness. There was, first of all, a consciousness of pollution, revealing itself in the sense of shame and in the effort of our first parents to cover their nakedness. In the second place, there was a consciousness of guilt, which found expression in an accusing conscience in the fear of God, which it inspired. So, the second result is that there's a change in consciousness in pollution and and in guilt. Um, So we're now born with those things, born with guilt, born with those. Those weren't, guilt and pollution of consciousness weren't things that were experienced in the Garden of Eden before sin. Can you imagine that? Like there was no Adam and Eve did not know what guilt was before that sin. They had no reason to. And now guilt is something that we live with on a daily basis because of sin, because of where um we're born this way. I
1: just long for the day when what's the song absent From flesh, like, I I just, I long for the day when I just don't have to deal with this world and the corruption. Like, what does it say? All of creation longs. I mean, all of creation waits with, you know, longing for the day when everything's perfectly restored. Yeah. I mean, I long for it. I just, I need it. And I'm sorry for those that I'm not speaking into the mic again. <laughs>
0: um, the next thing, the fourth thing that sin, the Adam and Eve sin brought us and brought all of humanity was physical death. So it separated us spiritually from God. And because of Adam's sin, we now experience death physically. Death was not something just like guilt was not something. Death was not something that was known in the Garden of Eden, before sin happened. Also, um, just while I'm looking up these verses, uh, it also says in Genesis here, and I'm going to be in Genesis 3, but it also says that another result of death, or another result of sin that we don't have in here, that's why um, childbirth is so painful for women. So, you can blame Eve for that. <laughs> yep. It's in the Bible. Check it out. But Genesis 3, 19, by the sweet of your face, you shall eat bread till you By your the sweet? Sweat of <laughs> your...
1: <laughs> I was like, I've never heard that verse
0: before. By your sweet, sweet face. Your sweet, <laughs> sinful bread face. <laughs> by... Like your
1: sweet, sinful
0: face. <laughs> yep. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So, death came because of Adam's sin. So, the last thing we have here is that because of Adam's sin... We no longer, obviously, live in the Garden of Eden. We no longer live in paradise. We now have to work hard and sweet get <laughs> sweet a lot. Um,
1: like everything was given to us, laid out for us in there, and yep. we chose that. Yeah, the hand that fed us wasn't good enough for us. We wanted to do our own thing. Yep. And so
0: I know after explaining all that and explaining original sin and, and our depravity and our corruption, I know probably some of you that are listening to this, you're thinking, all right, well, it sounds like we're sinful and it's all Adam's fault. So why why would we, why could we potentially go to hell when it's Adam's fault that we're sinful? Good question. Um, it is not just... Adam's fault. It is Adam's fault that we're born this way, but we also make choices to serve ourselves. We make choices to... We we are also to blame. You are also to blame for your sin, just as much as Adam is. Um, There's enough blame for your sin and for your rejection of God and rejection of His perfection. We have rejected God just as bad as Adam and Eve did in the garden. And even us, you know, now that have all of Scripture laid out for us, and we're sitting here, you know, like Garrett said, like it's so easy for us to say, like you were you were in the Garden of Eden. Like you were living in perfection, and you chose wrong. You chose to disobey. You chose... Yet we're giving all of Scripture. We're giving all of creation. We're we're in an age where we know so much more about how the universe works and how creative God was and how beautifully he designed things and we're giving God's word and see how much he loves us and know the extent of the fact that he died on the cross for our sins and all that. And we choose, just like Adam and Eve chose, we actively on a daily basis choose to be disobedient to God. And so, hope, you should be feeling the weight of that. You should be feeling the guilt of that just as Adam and Eve does. But there's hope. There's hope. God already had a plan. God already, (laughs) he, he loves us. He sent his son. He took that guilt that we talk about. He, Jesus took all of that that sin that Adam and Eve com- committed, the punishment for that and the punishment for your sin and your disobedience. Jesus took it on himself on the cross so that we wouldn't have to live in that so that we can we had it because of Adam and Eve's sin. we no longer live in the God of the gar- the, Godum? the Garden of Edom, the Godom of Arden, the Garden of Edom, Eden.
1: <laughs>
0: that was really good. That, that really, whole segment going.
1: right there will be a blooper spot yeah. at some okay. point. Okay,
0: okay, okay, serious, serious now. We're serious, guys. Okay, we don't, no longer live in the Garden of Eden because of Adam's sin and because of our sin. We no longer live there, but because of Jesus's perfection and Jesus' death on the cross, one day, by faith in him, through conversion, we will get to experience that paradise. Everything that we've discussed that we lost that's a result of Adam's sin, through Jesus, through his perfect life, through his obedience, everything that we lost through Adam's disobedience, we will gain through the works of Jesus. And that's that's awesome. That's amazing. That's something to celebrate. That's something... Um, don't, don't live in that guilt. Jesus took it for you. So, um, Joy, would you like to finish it up with our, um, remind people what about our partners? Of course, governor. I'd like to remind everybody about audibletrial.com slash sports and Jesus and red leather clothing. Go follow them on social media and Instagram. And buy a shirt and some tea and crumpets. See, catch y'all
1: on the flippity clock.
0: A sinless sacrifice that God above can truly save us. Lord Jesus Christ, our only chance, I only hope. Eternal life, God, you drowned, it, boy, better grab that rope. Better touch his garment, better grab
1: his robe. Confess, repent, believe, before your heart gets cold. Don't trust the world's lies, you gotta sever that root. Control, alt, delete, reboot, now nah, believe the truth. Hit him with the truth. Hit him, hit him with the truth. Hit him, hit him with the truth. Hit him with the truth. Hit him with the truth.